0: And now we're in Revelation chapter eleven, and I'm so happy. I didn't try to get this all fit in last week. I would have run through this, and I think we had enough on our plate last week for for the last week. And this week, I think we're going to have enough on our plate as well. So, Revelation eleven, we talked about the two witnesses. Let me. That's nineteen verses. I'll run through this. I'll read the whole thing. We'll get the reading, hearing blessing right away, and then um, we'll jump down to right where we left off last time, okay? Revelation 11. There was given a reed like unto a rod. There was given me, I mean, a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which was without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread under... Forty-four and two months. Uh, Forty and two months. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. i got to get with it. Okay, wake up. And I will give power unto thy two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, Fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies, and if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. They have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their power, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake was slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe was passed, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants the prophets and to the saints, and them that... Fear thy name, small and great, that should destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testimony, of his testament, I'm sorry, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Okay, let's pray. Father, uh, I just pray that you would help us put on our thinking caps, help us to be studious, to study, to show thy word, we want to study that word to be approved workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Lord, rightly dividing the word of, of truth, the word of God, and Father, I pray to this end that you would give us a a, a spirit of 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 just uh, industrious uh, study, and we we want to know this book. I mean, these these verses are here for a reason. Help us, Lord, Spirit of God, to discover that re- reason here this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. So we talked about the two. Witnesses last week, I've determined in my own thinking that they're Moses and Elijah. And if you're visiting or online, you're saying, why would they be people of the past? Because of that prophecy in Malachi chapter 4. We looked at that last week. And also Matthew 17, where he's coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And, you know, he's up there with Peter, James, and John. And they say, why do the scribes say that? Elijah must first come. And Jesus said, yeah, Elijah will come. And he confirmed that. And he also went on to say about John the Baptist, we know that, let's not get bogged down in the details. Uh, but, so that's why I believe it's a you know, person of the past, and not just two guys from the future. Uh, and if you don't believe that, that's fine. You know, uh, this is one of the most debated, the identity of these two witnesses, one of the most debated scriptures in the New Testament. And... Uh, and certainly in the book of Revelation. And whatever you come up with, that that's fine. <clears throat> Seriously, we'll make you a heretic. That uh, Adam and Eve one, that's a little bit of an eye raiser, <laughs> Eyebrow raiser. But other than that, I mean, we were talking about that uh, two Wednesday nights ago. Some of the guesses that are out there. and One lady I watched on Revelation, and she was quirky. I'll just be kind. She was quirky, okay? She knew they were Adam and Eve because Jesus told her so, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. I, I have to I have to think that maybe she was wrong and I respectfully <laughs> submit that. And if you go along those lines, that's fine. Who cares, right? Okay. Let's go after those three and a half days, spirit of God, uh spirit of life from God entered them, and they stood upon their feet, which by the way, that's what resurrection means, to stand on your feet. Some people say, Oh, we're not gonna be bodily resurrected, we're gonna be spiritually resurrected. How would you know? What does that even mean? Was Jesus spiritually resurrected from the dead or bodily resurrected from the dead? I vote bodily, okay? And Scripture clearly says that. And as he rose bodily, he was showing us what bodily resurrection is going to look like. So they bodily stood on their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. They go from rejoicing to uh uh-oh. Okay, they're sending gifts one to another. This is a great dead prophet's day. Yay, let's celebrate every year. They won't let them be put in the ground, in the grave, because they want to Desecrate and want the crows to pick out their eyes and just want them to die horribly and then, you know, not being given a burial. That's a sign of ultimate disrespect. After three and a half days, the Spirit of life and God entered them. They stood on their feet. Great fear fell upon all of them which saw them, I guess. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. Revelation 4 1, same phrase. You say, Adam, you said that was the rapture verse. I did. So they're, having the, they're enjoying their own personal rapture. Well, how come they didn't get raptured with the church? I don't think they're part of the church. And if they're Elijah and Moses, they wouldn't be. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we who are alive and remain. Um, so then they have their own personal two-man rapture, right? They ascended up to heaven in a cloud. And this is all of a sudden, was that? do you think that's like, because in 1 Corinthians, Our resurrection is in an atomos, is the the Greek word, in an instant. Boom, gone. You know, before anyone has a chance to know what happened, before anyone has a chance to repent, before anyone has a chance to pray, before anyone has a chance to change their mind, gone. uh, Rapture, resurrection, done. You think it's like this here? I don't think so. And their enemies beheld them. Like when Jesus went up into heaven, slowly, and and the, the... the words in Greek tell us that. It wasn't instantly. He just kind of rose, 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 defied gravity. Your resurrected body well, And up, up, into the clouds, and on you go. People say, oh, I don't know. That will make me awful nervous. I have acrophobia. You so won't. You won't have acrophobia. You won't have claustrophobia. You won't have triskadechophobia. You won't have phobia. It's, you're thinking of your old body. His new body you can drink. Coffee with impunity, it won't keep you awake. Not that you'll need to sleep, okay? You're just, it's a different order of person. You're a resurrected person now. Like Jesus, I think, be able to walk through walls. Things like walls, who cares, right? Uh, You remember how he just came and he was there and then he just like disappeared? I think that'd be kind of cool, personally. But let's not get bogged down there. Okay, come up there and their enemies beheld them. Now, that's where we left last week. In the same hour, literally at the same time, was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake was slain of men 7,000. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. Same hour, same time, great earthquake. Tenth part of the city fell. What city? Jerusalem, why do we know that? Well, from back in verse 8, their dead body shall lie in the street of the great city. Spiritually, it's called Sodom. It's a, it's a city of great wickedness. In Egypt, it's a city of great idolatry, where also our Lord was crucified. Ah, Jerusalem. There's no doubt. And this same city, that's a tenth part of the city fell. A great earthquake, a tenth part of the city fell. Uh, ninth part? Eleventh part? No. A tenth part. Very measured, very specific. God just throwing a hissy fit? God never throws a hissy fit. God is never red-faced with rage and just, ah! You're thinking of me. Okay, I mean, I've done that. God never does that. A tenth part. Why, what is he showing? Like, wrath. But there's still grace. 90% of the city's still standing. Um there were slain seven thousand. Now is that seven ish thousand plus or minus? I don't think so. I think seven thousand. Not six thousand nine hundred and ninety nine, not seven thousand and one. Again, that same measure of grace. And the remnant were affrighted. Now, when we see remnant in Scripture, both old and the New Testament, was talking about a godly remnant, like people have gone wholesale apostate, but there's a remnant, a, a small group, a minority, who are faithful to the things of God. Is that what we're looking at here? I think so, and I'll tell you why I think that. Because they're affrighted. In other words, they're God-fearing, and they gave glory to the God of heaven. In their fear, and I think just out and out gave glory to the God of heaven like you do, like I do. I think this is an act of worship. And I think that's why they're the remnant, and I would say a godly remnant. Okay, verse 14, The second woe is passed, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. Oh my goodness, look at that little Easter egg there. <laughs> look at that little, wait, second woe? Wait, what's going on here? You remember way back in chapter 8, and we should turn there. Verse 13, I beheld and heard an angel flying in the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other th- voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Three more. So we got four trumpets down. And then at this point in chapter eight, last verse, we have two trumpets left. Well, we saw this invasion of these locusts, scorpion, Beings coming out of the, the bottomless pit which tortured people for five months but didn't kill them. That was one of the first woe judgments. The second one is the 200 million army comes out of the bottom of the Euphrates and they kill a third of the men. Those are the first two woes. Just by way of refresher, right? The second woe was passed. And behold, the third woe cometh quickly. What is the third woe? It's the seventh trumpet judgment. What is the seventh trumpet judgment? The seven bowls of wrath. And listen, hold on. You ain't seen nothing yet. Say, Adam, some bad things have happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God is to be feared. He's not to be trifled with. I, I just People are just saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to be against him. That's not a good idea as we'll see in today's reading, uh, in today's study. And the seventh angel sounded, introducing the seven bowls of wrath, right? And there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He said, I thought it was only a thousand years. Well, he's going to reign in Jerusalem on Mount Zion for a thousand years. What about after that? We'll find that out in the last two chapters of the book of the Revelation it's called the eternal order. It's the theological term. And by the way, I think it's a pretty good one. I'm usually critical of theological terms. Eternal order, that's okay. Jesus will reign for a thousand years in Jerusalem, and after that, forever and ever, the kingdom age will be different from the forever age, but we'll study them both, and we'll take them in the order that Scripture gives it to us. But right now, the king, the world, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Aren't you glad? What a one thing do we know about, about mankind, about the kingdoms of this world? We can't govern ourselves. We can't govern ourselves. You know, uh, what's the best form of government? Definitely a, a king, right? There's not corrupt at every level, just one guy corrupt and that's it, right? Or maybe he's a good king. And maybe good things, right? How come we don't have a kingdom? Well, we tried that. We didn't. We didn't. It didn't work so good. And there's tea parties and Bunker Hill and all that to show for our efforts, right? We didn't. We didn't like it. Our form is more congregational. We, we the people rule. Okay. We we say you know this is how and how's that working? Well, you know, I'm just don't want to be overly critical, but uh, abortion is the law of the land. Open season if you're in your mother's womb, you have no rights whatsoever. Uh, we're in the endless war, taxes, gas shortages. Uh, we don't know who should marry who. We think there's more than two genders. How are we how are we doing? What's our scorecard so far? It's not great. You know if you rape somebody and you go before the right judge, He'll give you a stern lecture. You better not do that again. Because you come my courtroom again, I'll shake my finger at you again and say, "Don't do that again." How's ruling? How's us ruling ourselves going? Communism is better. We all just live one big share of the wealth and the. Yeah, you, you know, I'm I'm joking a little bit. Listen, there's three. Let's talk about governments and churches just briefly, okay? There's basically three: Congregational, which works in America, it better be congregational, which, by the way, we don't really subscribe to. I, I remember J. Vernon McGee commenting on this. Uh, There's congregational forms of government, this Presbyterian form of government, where you have a small board, a board, that would be small, which the Presbytery, who runs the... And then we have the third one is a uh, like a bishopric, or like a where you have somebody outside the church, like, like the Catholic church, like uh, the Anglican church, like there's a lot of churches, they have a district or uh, somebody who's ahead over a lot of churches, right? And, and, he, and he was asked, well, which one works better? Well, if you've got a godly congregation, that could work very well. If you've got a godly presbytery, that would work very well. If you get got a godly bishop or a godly pope or a godly overseer over, over a district, that could work okay, right? That could work very well. Depend on the godliness of the people administering. Now, we don't have godly communism, or I've never seen a, a version of it, okay? And now, the, as we trend towards, as we morph towards, you know, a democracy here in America, towards socialism, I, 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 who gets to administer what and how that works? We're well, going to reward you for, back to, you know, my criticism. One, get rid of the guns right away. You, can't, you don't need them, just trust us, we'll. Will protect you. Um, um, Will reward you for having babies out of wedlock. Will reward you for not working. Will give you more money than if you did work. How how are we doing? Not so good. Anyway, but if the if it, I think a lot of forms of government on Earth would work if they were administered by godly people. And the more government you have, the more the more levels of. <laughs> cronyism and, you know, corruption, and the more people you have in government, the the, the bigger chance for godlessness, in in my thinking. I think the way we started out was good, and we kind of drifted. But we've proven, I think, is anyone going to take up this debate with me? I think we've proven worldwide we can't we can't we can't govern ourselves. So here that the kingdoms of the Lord (sighs) the world the kingdoms of this world are become. It's better is our becoming, which by the way is very telling. Everyone, everyone, ever I've talked to I've had this discussion a hundred times, very conservatively. You know what the problem is is There can't be a God. You know why? Because there's wars and there's famine and there's pestilence and there's bad things and there's racism and there's hatred and there's inadequate housing and there's... And they give us a list of why there's no God. Wait, what? How do you... Let me gather my wits about me here. Why would you say that? At this point, the kingdoms of the world are becoming... The, kingdom of the Lord. What are you saying, Adam? I'm saying that God's not in control of this world right now. Now, some people think. They don't believe in the... The majority of Christendom, that big umbrella we call Christendom, much of it isn't Christian at all, right? They're under that umbrella, okay? I used to be in Christendom, but I wasn't born again. I wasn't a Christian. But if I told you, you know, I, I, I'm a, I identified as a Christian, although I wasn't, and I also uh, believe that God controlled the earth. God can intervene in the affairs of men, and sometimes does. Does he run the earth? Not according to Jesus. Jesus called Satan the, the prince of this world. Paul said he's, he's the prince of the power of the air. In 1 John we see that the whole world lieth in wickedness. Literally, the whole world is asleep in the lap of of the wicked one is what that verse is saying. How do you say God's controlling? And by the way, God has a vote in this. You say, "All right, there's wars." And God said, "Hey, don't kill anybody. Who got us in a war? I, I, I didn't. You know what I mean? We have endless war. People are dying all the time. And by the way, I'm not raining on individual soldiers. And I understand. I get that, right? That people are defending our. I, I, I understand." People point towards war and then blame God. And I think, and like, you know, I like got the other day, I, I came home and somebody broke into my house and I ripped all my stuff off. And if God was God, wait, wait, God didn't break into your house, He allowed that, you say. You know, I always talk to people, uh, you know, and they give me this argument. I said, You want God to overrule in your affairs? And they, Give me an absolutely not. Oh, you just want to overrule the bad guy who's ripping you off. God's given us autonomy. He's given us, and we have racism. Is that abysmal to you? Does that make you sick to your stomach? It should. You can't study the Bible and love your fellow man like God says, hey, I want you to love one another, and then come up with racism. That's a drift from the things of the Lord. Love you love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Except if they're they're not white like you. What? Well, you'd never come up with that. You'd never ever come up with that. So God says, Listen, don't steal for that guy who broke into your house, don't kill each other, don't rape, don't do a lot of things that we're doing, and then we turn around and blame God. I don't get that. At this point, God's saying, Okay, you Ridiculous people. I'm, I'm, I'm going to set it up. I'm going I'm to... And, oh, when we study the kingdom, and we'll mostly study it on Wednesday nights because there's more in the Old Testament. We'll look at it a few things. In the, we study that through that. What a blessing when God gets it his way. Every man under his vine, under his fig tree. They won't. They won't. This is why I always attack war. Because they won't have war. It's ploughshares and a pruning hooks time. It's it's swords and a ploughshares. Spears and a pruning hooks time. It's lions lying down with lambs and wolves and bears and all, all grazing together. And no, they won't hurt a harm in my, all my holy mountain. We have enough to eat. You have a vine. You have a fig tree. You'll have plenty. Vine and fig tree is just a euphemism for you. you'll have blessings. You will have all that you need, all that you want. When God has it in his way, nobody's stealing because everyone's got an abundance. Uh, and we're going to rule and reign with him. I'm reigning with Jesus Christ. And I don't know what little jurist I'll be the mayor, or win a pitlock may. I don't know, okay? But will you think you'll get away with sex trafficking in my district? No, you will not. Don't you feel the same way? Will, will, will there be bank robberies? I don't even know if there'll be banks. Will it, be, will it be like sex trafficking or, or rape or hatred or uh, in, in your the part you're ruling over? Sue's going, no, no, no. And she's got that mama bear look in there. You don't cross that, okay? I'm just telling you. I'm not, uh, not on my watch, she's saying. And I'm just like, I'm a little scared, actually. I'm, I better go to the next verse. Uh, the, the, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And this is celebratory. The four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Hallelujah! What a wonderful thing. When God rules, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all good. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. If there is no kingdom, that doesn't even make sense. You mean it's going to be like this forever. Don't you understand? And we've talked about this before. Back in chapter four, when there was nobody to take the to take the seal to take the sealed uh, scroll and to break the seals and look thereon, there was nobody to take that from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. The title deed of the earth. John wept much, sobbed convulsively. Why? He got it, he understood. It's going to be like this forever. Nobody can redeem the earth. That's lamentable. Here, now God is going to appoint His Christ to rule and reign, and that's celebratory. It's a it's it's we give thee thanks. You're you're reigning, your great power. And the nations were angry. Why? Because they're not on board with what God is doing. The nations were angry, and thy wrath has come. And the time of the dead, that they should be judged. And that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and in them fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Uh-oh. Payday, someday, just arrived. Let's look at that in Psalm 2. Now, if you go to another church somewhere else, you may not know Psalm 2, but we visit it pretty frequently here. And every once in a while, i my Bible just to make sure it's still here. Uh... I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit King James I get the CSB whatever that is Christian uh, Standard Bible or something I, I don't know but but it's a little easy it's a little easier to understand cuz like in verse 1 it says why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing the CSB says why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain by the way this is a I think this is a trilogue. What's a trialogue? Well, it's like a dialogue except there's three people involved. I think it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have fun. Later on, figure out who's saying what and when. Anyway, the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. Read here, Jesus Christ, Messiah, the anointed, Christos, right? The anointed. Is there an antichrist spirit on the earth? Like I've never seen before in all my life. I think we could all make that case pretty easily. What's, that, what's it all about? What's this anti-Christ what's Antichrist? Let's tear off their chains and throw their ropes off of us. We can do what God says. Who does he think he is? Just because he created? I don't care. First, let's get rid of him as creator. Big bang. Poof. There was nothing It exploded. Here we are. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. You're just a quirky accident. You're, you're just... The late great of some plasma, some mock some mire. Lightning struck a puddle, and here you are, through from the goo to the zoo to you. Just that's all there is, and that's all there ever be. And there's no real rhyme. There's no real reason. Intelligent design, pfft, ridiculous. Let's get rid of the, him as creator, and then because we're all just highly evolved animals. Let's do what we want. God's not telling us what to do. Let's tear off their chains and throw the ropes off us. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord ridicules them. Adam, you always sound like you're ridiculing people who believe this. I am. Purposefully. I'm being godly. God ridicules them. I, I think it's, to, for someone to stand against God, let me, let me just say that. I think it's ridiculous. Any, any questions? Look at, Satan is psychotic. I'm not saying he's stupid. I'm not saying stupid. I'm saying psychotic. If you think you're going to fight God and win, is there a better definition of psychotic? It's ridiculous. And if I ridicule, I'm just that's coming out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I think it's ridiculous to stand against God. Then he who speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them, and then he speaks to them in his anger, he terrifies them in his wrath. What does that look like? Well, he said, uh, "This is what he's saying. That's going to terrify people." I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Done deal. Are we going to vote? No. Is he going to run for re-election? No. No. Are we going to have like a a debate over the uh, electoral college? We are not. He is appointing Jesus Christ, sovereign of the earth, who has bought it back to himself from Satan by way of the cross and by way of the book of the Revelation, the opening of the seals, the swords, the... the Whose world is it? God, he created it. He gave it to Adam. Adam fumbled. Satan recovered. It's all there in the Old Testament. Jesus redeemed it unto himself. Who's governing right now? A usurper. Jesus will come and straighten that all out. When? Coming soon to a planet near you. Just going to happen. Going to happen soon. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will declare, I think this is Jesus speaking, I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. King James, this day I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth, your possession. Aren't you happy about that? You will break them with an iron scepter. You will shatter them like pottery. He's not fooling around. He's going to govern. And you don't want to be found against him. You're saying, well, I'm his bride. I wouldn't be. No, no, you wouldn't, but... You understand? There are those who let us throw off his these bands. Let us cut his bands asunder. Let us throw off these chains, these fetters. That we want to be free. We want to do our own thing. Mm, that's not going to work. You're going to break them with an iron s- scepter. You'll shatter them like pottery. So what's the what's the outcome of all this? The denouement, as they say. So now, kings, be wise. Receive instruction. You judges of the earth. You say, kings you mean government officials. Yeah, but I think kings. Those who are ruling themselves, you're king enough, right? You, you you make your own decisions. Listen, listen, listen. Be wise. How do we know if somebody's a wise man or a wise guy? By the way, why are those opposites Donovan, know? How, do how do we know who's a wise man? How do we know who's a wise guy? Well, because of, if they listen to this, he's saying be wise. This is how you're wise. This is how we know you're wise, okay? Serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. I like King James. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. In this C, uh, S.B. it says pay homage to the son or he will be angry and you will perish in your rebellion. You think you will shake your little bony fist against God say I'm going to have it my way and you're going to succeed? Again, that's psychotic. That's not wisdom. This isn't me mocking somebody. This is me imploring with a pastor's heart. Don't stand against God. That's a horrible place to be. There's no chance of success. Pay homage to the son. Kiss the son. Or he will be angry and you will perish in your rebellion. For his anger may ignite at any moment. Listen to this. This is how the Psalm 2 ends. All who take refuge in him are happy. I have happiness in my life. Why? God's God. I'm so not. And life works out really good if I figure out those two things. He's the boss. I'm not the boss. I have had my will. I've done the things that I wanted to do. I've shaken my bony fist at God and said, I'm going to be my own boss. And it has ended up ridiculous. My life outside of Jesus Christ is ridiculous followed him, and it reads like a script that I wrote. (laughs) And I'm the hero, and it always works out good. I get the girl, I I win the day, and praise God. He's just directing my life from blessing to blessing. Hard things happen, sure, sure. But I go, hard things are going to happen to Christians and non-Christians alike. But I have Jesus Christ to go with them would not you like to have a friend who could tell the future and every time you're going off the wrong direction says, uh-uh, that's bad, come on back. I love that. I have that. His name's Jesus. It's awesome. I'm just awesome. Anyway, back to Revelation. We'll finish up here. The nations were angry. And we read about that. Our, the nations following Jesus Christ. If you wanted to move to a godly country that worshipped and feared Jesus Christ and that was the kind of the the way the day rolled out every day, and you know, church was a big thing, and people were God-fearing. And trying. Where, where, where would you move to? I mean, I'm serious. You know, I, I think of that. Where's what country on earth is left to, you know, godly heritage? And I think that, that Antichrist spirit has pervaded the whole globe, uh, never to this degree. I think we're in the end times. I think we're, we're gonna wrap it up pretty quick. I'm no prophet and I'm not the son of a prophet, but boy, I can read the handwriting on the wall, can't you? Nations are angry, thy wrath has come, the time of the dead that they should be judged. And I'm trying to tell you, this is how it works out. I was talking to somebody yesterday. Yesterday. Well, I'm a good person. Just yesterday. I have this question all the time. I have this conversation all the time. I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to tell him I'm a good person. Now, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. And you're saying, I'm righteous. Now, should I call you a liar or should I call a Bible a liar? And I'm not saying you're lying. I understand what you're saying when you're saying you're a good person. I get it. You, but you're comparing yourself with somebody who's worse than you are. And the Bible says those who compare themselves with themselves are unwise. You see how that works? All you gotta do is find some schlap, some Loser, who's not doing as good as I am, and I said, "That guy, he's a, he's a abusive, horrible, wicked human being. He's on drugs and alcohol, beats his wife and his kids. He's a horrible." And I'm not him, so I'm doing pretty good. Is that what God? So I don't beat my wife, and God's saying, "Go oh, great, you come right up to heaven. You're awesome." Is that is that how really how it works? You think? I don't think it works that way. Uh but you're going to be judged the dead, that they should be judged. And that thou should give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that, what? Fear thy name, small and great. So how it works out. And should destroy them which destroy the earth. Okay, verse 19, let's finish here. The temple of God was opened in heaven. Wait, what? Temple of God? Yeah, and there was seen in his temple... The Ark of His Testament. Where's the Ark today? Well, some people say it's under the hidden under the Temple Mount. Some say it's in Oxum, Ethiopia. Uh, Some say here, some say there. I don't know where the imitation copy one is that Moses was supposed to build, (laughs) but the original one that Moses made a copy of all the things that he saw in heaven. And by the way, I think there's prophecy about that ark. And the end, I think that's the mercy seat. I think Jesus will, that will be his throne room in the kingdom. And I, that subject, that's, that's a little bit out there, a little bit of a guess, okay, and I'll, I'll admit to that. But where it is, it will resurface. I don't think it disintegrated. It was made of gold, after all, right? Um, I think it's going to play a part in the kingdom age, anyway. The temple of God was opened in heaven. There was seen in this temple the Ark of His Testament. <clears throat> and then lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. In heaven? I don't think so. I don't think it has like great weather in heaven. I think that's on the earth. Uh and again, just you know, people understanding God has spoken. And it's always underscores that with dramatic effects. God's really good with that, you know what I mean? Uh you know, uh, speaking to Elijah, right? Great earthquake, and God wasn't in an earthquake and it was the hail and the the great storm and the and but he wasn't in the fire or the storm or the or the or anything like that. And then God spoke to him in a still small voice. I think God likes the special effects. I don't know how I can say it better than that. I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything. I'm the God fearing guy, remember that. Uh Boy, Adam, you said a lot about the fear of God. I don't know where we went astray. Because even in Christian circles, you know, we talk about God like we give him like benevolent Grampy syndrome. You know, he's big, white beard. He gives us cookies and lets us do whatever we want. He's our loving Heavenly Father, He loves us. But again, he's not to be trifled with. Aunt, kiss the sun, lest he be angry with thee. When his anger flares up, that's I don't want to be a cross purpose with him. He's had me out behind the tool shed. Again, does he lose his, does he get all crazy and just go crazy on me? No, no, he loves us. If we knew how much he loved us, we'd never have a moment of self doubt again ever. Oh, him falling through the cracks and what's happened to me. He doesn't know ridiculous. Of course he does. He loves you more than I couldn't even describe it. But he's God. He's the creator. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Are we going to? No. Jesus fell into the hands of the living God on our behalf. But again, you know, I, I'm just going to do what he says. I'm going to be a cross purpose. I'm doing it my way. What's going to happen? Nothing good. What, what will the punishment be? I never know. It's not going to advance my life. It's not going to make my marriage better. It's not going to make our relationships better. It's not going to do anything that's going to... uh, You just don't want to be against them. Here's a way to live. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Here I am, your servant. Bought with a price, right? Let's stand. Let's worship this awesome, thrice-holy God, and let's go out of his singing. Our Father and our God, we thank you for these things. I, we look forward to the time when you rule. Because all the th- problems in our life are very often our own making or people who make decisions for us who are not capable morally. And Father, we would that you rule. And we ain't waiting, Lord. We want you to rule and reign in our lives right now. When you set up your kingdom, what an awesome day. Thy kingdom come, for sure. But in the interim, Lord, reign in our lives. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In Jesus' name, amen.